to download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 36, Season 2. I just want to start by saying thank you to our Channel 1450 sponsors. Haven't done that in a while, so let's check in. Springfield Clinic, the Green Family Stores, United Community Bank, and the Abraham Lincoln Capital Airport. Those four are the big four this season, and we greatly appreciate all their support. So if you see them, let them know. As you know, Bobby is not with us anymore, so it's down to just me and Leanna Churchill doing this. For those who don't know, Leanna started with Channel 1450 as a high school intern at Williamsville. She jumped on board when Kirker was here and did whatever we asked her to do. She stayed on as an intern when she went to Lincoln Land, doing everything she could to learn and help out. She stayed on as an intern when she went to UIS, doing anything and everything we asked of her to make sure that she was involved in Channel 1450. Then, we needed help and we hired her part-time. Then COVID hit, then we had to not pay her. She continued to be around and help out and not get paid and do whatever needed to be done. I'm happy to say now she is a full-time employee of Channel 1450 and we would not be here if it wasn't for her. Leanna is a huge part of Channel 1450 in these past five, six, seven years. And I just want to say thank you to her as we get started. Okay, now let's get to what I saw in the past week. Then we'll talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450 in the next seven days. Then we have a very special guest who I wish we had more time with. It's Olivia Lett. Spoiler alert. That's coming up shortly. Okay, last week on Thursday, the Lincoln Lady Railers pick up a huge win in the sectional championship against Rochester at Rochester. We'll get some more on that in a minute, but I do just want to give a shout out to Kaylin Reed and J.R. Berdurst, two of the absolute best I've had the pleasure to cover and share their stories, and two Channel 1450 legends. Thank you to Kaylin and J.R. for everything. On Friday night, I was back in Rochester for the boys' regional title game. Sacred R. Griffin picks up the title win over Southeast as they start their march to try and get back to back state titles in 3A. Also on Friday, I made the quick trip to normal for Auburn's team wrestling state duel. They fall short, but take nothing away from that program that Matt Grimm has built. Incredible stuff from Grimm and the Trojans. Saturday, we had a little college basketball Saturday on Channel 1450. I went to Lincoln Land for the loggers, both men's and women's. They both pick up wins over Parkland. Congrats to Illinois College men and Millican women for winning their conference tournament titles and punching their tickets to their own national tournaments. On Monday, I made the trip to Taylorville where Lincoln absolutely dominated Highland. Chloe Froby scores 40 points and outscored the Bulldogs on her own. Lincoln is 35-0 and headed to state. Chloe gets some revenge for her sister Kaylin who lost in the super sectional seven years ago to Highland at UIS. I remember that game. It was a heartbreaker. And for her older brother, Caden, as well, who didn't get to play in a sectional championship against Lanphier due to COVID, this Lincoln team is special. So good, so poised, so talented, and so young. All juniors on this team and a perfect record this season. They bring everyone back next year when they return to the Central State Aid Conference. Thank God. We get to see them even more next year. More on Lincoln's trip to state in a minute on Tuesday night. I made the trip to Decatur, not only to record this podcast episode with Coach Lett, but also to see the first 3A semifinal in Decatur. MacArthur gets to host and play first, and they come out of the gate swinging with an 11-0 start, and they never looked back against Muhammad Seymour. What Tyrese Bryson has done with MacArthur, back-to-back sectional championship appearances, is so very clearly overlooked because of the success of SHG, but the CS8 
is so strong and what he's done is incredible. They have a special group there. On Wednesday, I was back in Decatur again. Sacred Art Griffin versus Normal West. The Cyclones come out of the gates hot. And despite a foul fest second half, SHG wins big. Keyshawn Singleton scores a career-high 31 points. And we get round six. SHG MacArthur. Again, the Cyclones have to go to Decatur to play the Generals on their home floor at this time. That game is Friday night at 7 p.m. at MacArthur. The winner plays the Centralia sectional winner on Monday at the BOS Center in the 3A Super Sectional. Also Wednesday night, Calvary and Bloomington Central Catholic pickup wins. You can see those highlights on Channel 1450. Okay, so let's get to what's coming up. Finally, get a day off on Thursday as we prep for Friday. The Lincoln Railers play on Friday at 11.45 a.m. in the 3A semifinals against Deerfield, who beat Montini in the Super Sectional. Lincoln undefeated and looking for a state title intriguing possibility of playing peoria in the title game peoria plays nazareth in the first semifinal that starts at 10 a.m on friday lincoln hosted peoria in early february and won by seven points at roy s anderson we'll see if we get that rematch on saturday should lincoln lose in the semifinal they would play for third place on friday night at 7 p.m at redbird arena if they win they play for the 3a state title at 5 30 on saturday and it will be at 5 30 because it's the start of the second session, so there's a break beforehand, so don't plan on a late start for that one. Friday night on the boys' side at the 1A level in Calhoun, the Calvary Saints. How about Tyvis Gardner? The young Calvary Saints, led by Connor Brown, who's only a junior, Amari Anderson. I mean, these guys are loaded. They take on Waterloo Jabot for the sectional championship Friday night at 7 p.m. in Calhoun. In Pleasant Plains, it's round four for the Crosstown Rivals. Yes. They both had to travel from normal to Pleasant Plains. The U-High Pioneers taking on the Bloomington Central Catholic Saints for a trip to the BOS Center on Monday at the 2A level. Indicator, like I said, it's 3A and it's Sacred Art Griffin versus Decatur MacArthur. All those games at 7 p.m. on Friday night. Next Monday, super sectional time for the boys. The winner of the 2A Pleasant Plains sectional, either BCC or U-High, will play at the BOS Center on Monday at 6 p.m. against the winner of the Hersher sectional for a trip to state on Thursday. The nightcap at the BOS Center on Monday is a 3A super sectional. Will we get a rematch of Sacred Heart Griffin and East St. Louis like last year? Or will MacArthur get it done? We'll see what happens. That's Monday. Then we don't know what's going to happen next week. But if we don't have any boys teams making the state, which seems very unlikely at this point. We will start on spring sports previews. No rest for the wicked. Anyway, let's get to this week's guest because it's an incredible basketball conversation. And I was even able to work in some Bill Self and Kansas basketball talk. A massive thank you to Olivia Lett for sparing a few minutes of her time before the Milliken ladies head off to make their run at the Natty. Here is the coach of the year, Olivia Lett. I'm joined by Olivia Lett this week to talk some girls basketball, women's basketball, because we haven't had a chance to catch up yet this year. And I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you taking the time this week. But what a week it is for you guys. Um, how does it feel to say that you guys are champions again? Uh, it's It's been exciting. It was a whirlwind. You know, last week, just that those two games in general were tough. You know, I, I think people always talk about, oh, it's hard to play a team three times or beat a team three times. And... Uh, both of those two teams, that was that situation. Um, and I think at the college level, it gets 
even harder. Uh, it's so physical, they know exactly what you're going to do. Uh, and so both of those games, whether the score is indicative of it or not, were challenges in their own way. And so uh, to be able to get through there, get the monkey off our back a little bit, because uh, last year we dropped the championship uh, at home during the tournament. And so get that monkey off our back it, it made for some relief uh, but it was nice to be able to win one cut the nets with the fans in the stands because the last one that last time we cut the nets was during COVID so it was just us um, so this was a much more fulfilling experience went through the conference slate with just one loss this year correct correct do you feel like you're at the top of the mountain in terms of the conference like you've been building toward this for a while like you said last year you don't win the tournament, you still, you know, win the league, but is this the top of where you guys can get? Uh, you know, I think the the good thing is just looking at some of the recruits that we've we've brought in, um, being able to hit up some of the local talent uh, is something that we're hoping to continue to, to stay here, right? Uh, I think it's interesting because when I was a player, it, the conference was flipped a little bit. Uh, you know, you did not see Carol, Augie, Milliken at the top of it and so that's flipped uh, and I think it's a little bit cyclical there in terms of who is able to get recruits because a lot of your top players want to be able to play right away and right now we're trying to sell the idea of you can come in and you can compete and you can work against an Elise Knudsen against a Bailey Kaufman and you may not be able to play right away but you're going to become a really really good basketball player if you're watching how they're working every day and so uh, if that messaging is able to get through to kids uh, then we're we're going to be able to kind of sustain what we're doing and that's the goal is the, to build a dynasty and to, to build something more this does happen over and over again uh, but that we enjoy those moments you know when I was at Wesleyan uh, we talked about or I've talked about during my time here about how uh, I don't want it to ever become something that we're not excited about right where you're so focused on trying to make a final four or win a national championship that you forget to enjoy those moments and I think that was something that was really cool uh, this weekend was that I, I do think that we enjoyed that um, I think that it, it, we didn't miss that moment just because we were thinking about the NCAA tournament or what was the next step and uh, that's something that I, I hope to keep is that regardless of how much how much success we have on a national level that we are still excited every time that we you know have a great game or play together or play to the best of our ability regardless of what type of game it is you're pretty familiar with the conference from playing in it and now coaching in it um where would you say the league's at in terms of talent that it that it's been in the last you know three decades how good i know your recruits are good but how good is it across the board i mean is it top heavy is it what, right. what do you think the interesting thing is, you know, we're the only team from the CCIW that made the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, I, the the weird thing about that is, I actually think this is the most beat up the league has ever been. Uh, I don't know if I've ever experienced even one top player being out for a substantial time, and this year. Almost every one of the teams at the upper half have had a player out for a substantial amount of time. You know, Bailey Coffin missed half the season with a broken jaw for us. Uh, you know, Mallory Powers, uh, Eleanor Wesleyan's been hurt most of their season. Uh, North Park had an All-American that was out. Uh, Carroll has lost multiple, multiple people to ACL injuries. And so it has been a very beat up year, and I think that's shown in our records. Uh, and so we didn't do very well in non-conference, and that's why we've only got one team in the NCAA tournament now. 
if you watch the basketball this weekend, I think that it's something where it's pretty obvious that we could go compete as a league with any other league. Uh, it just has taken a while to get there this season. And so it's disappointing that you know we're the only team in the tournament because I do think that there's a lot of other teams that could go in and, and could win a couple games. Uh, but that's just not where it fell this year. And so I, I think it's... I think it's tough. You know, we lost to Wheaton, who ended up fourth in the conference. Uh, we had some other nail biters. Uh, we were down by 18 to North Central at one point in time. And so every team in our league is scary in their own way. And I don't think that's always the case in every league. Um, you know, our strength of schedule is super high because of how tough our league is. And so I think you'll see a rebound next year in terms of being able to pick up some of those non-conference wins uh, that hopefully puts more than one team in the NCAA tournament. As the end of the season approaches and like you, you got through the conference tournament, you finished up the conference schedule, um, <clears throat> then the, the awards start coming in, whether that be coach of the year, player of the year, all these different things. Um, how much do you allow yourself and your team to celebrate those now, or do you kind of wait and say, we will absolutely celebrate these when the season's over, but we gotta gr- we still have to... Just take it to another level. I think we take those as team awards. Uh, you know, Elise obviously racks up a lot of those, uh, and she's so humble, and uh, her, her teammates are uh, pissed off when she doesn't win one, you know, because they think she's the best player in the country. And uh, I think that's a good environment to have, right? I want them to be upset for their teammates when they feel like they've been slighted. Uh, you know, Chelsea getting on second team this year was a, a big a big team win for us and uh, Bailey was actually a unanimous first team uh, and so with her you know being out for half the season she ended up only missing I think three conference games so that's why she was able to garner that award I think all three of those were things that the team really wanted uh, so for Bailey to get unanimous Chelsea to get second uh, is really shows where our program has gotten to uh, you know for a kid that's mostly defensive to get on second team is a big deal and uh, Chelsea's worked her tail off to get there and to to stay in the starting lineup and uh, they're all completely bought into what their roles are and so those awards become very much a team thing and so we talk about them a little bit Uh, I think they are all very very proud of coming away with as many as we did in the conference Uh, it's not as a conversation but I think it's just the idea of wanting as many, wanting to rack up as many of those as we can, right? Um, it's kind of like wanting to, to win the regular season and the conference uh, tournament along the way. You don't want to just make a Sweet 16 or Final Four or whatever it is. You want to rack it all up on the way there um, because those things just show what your program has become, not necessarily the individual side of it. As you as a coach, I, I kind of I don't really know how to ask this question, but so I hope it comes out right. But when throughout the season, <clears throat> you obviously have a playbook and you know the plays that you put in. How much do you adapt that or change that? Especially now that okay, we don't have to see these same teams three times. Now we get to really. Uh, do you are you able to open it up a little bit now and say here's what we can really do? Yeah, I think this season was very unique with uh, Bailey being out at the beginning part of it. We had to have a lot more sets in early to try to get the ball into Elise's hands a little bit easier than what we were. and so our playbook has developed as the year has gone on. Uh, I'm very much a motion-based coach, especially early in the year, and we had to get into some sets earlier. Uh, 
we will typically add a set here or there for a team that we think is going to be successful. Uh, and then it either sticks with us or it goes by the wayside because we don't need it anymore. Um, I said the other day to one of my assistants, uh, you know, I feel like I need a full new playbook every year because the sets that we put in usually are, are pretty successful. But then the next season, because of how hard our, our um, conference scouts it's no longer nearly as successful. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we ran a couple sets last year and we ran them into the ground. Uh, and, but they were highly successful. And this year people have adjusted to it a little bit more. And so we can maybe get away with one or two of those here or there. But we've really had to find more creative ways to score. And so it's the good thing about our players are they can adapt pretty quickly now uh, and they can figure out how to run some of those sets pretty quickly. Um, and be able to do that on the fly and adjust as the season goes on. And the the bad thing is we're not really a set team. And so we've got to figure out how to find the balance of running a set and then getting right back into our offense. And I thought we did a good job of that this weekend. Probably the best that we've done this season in terms of we could run a set and then get straight back into our offense and it not take us out of our flow. We're a fast-paced team, and so we the more that we slow it down to set something up to get a good shot, then it might mess up the next possession. And so it's finding that balance of set versus uh, transition and motion uh, and not letting some, even though we might get a basket, making sure that we still control the tempo of the game. Where do you get a lot of your sets from? <laughs> uh, I would say Twitter. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where you just got to constantly be a student of the game and finding yeah. things that are working. Uh, it's interesting because I don't think a lot of sets that work in men's basketball work for women's basketball just because of the way things are defended. Now, with Elise, that throws a little bit of a wrinkle in there because she does get ran off of more screens. Uh, in terms of the defensive side of stuff, people chase her off more screens. But most of the time in women's basketball, people are going under screens or um, more on the helpline, uh, where in men's basketball they're chasing people off screens a lot more often and so that changes some of those looks uh, and so I think it's it's really important to figure out what works with our personnel and how our personnel is going to be defended and try to find those things uh, online somewhere right I mean outside of all the high school basketball that I watch um, I'm a Kansas fan and Bill Self even talks about like if there's a play that worked against them on Saturday they can install that and run it on Monday if he thinks that it's going to work and fits the personnel. So how much is it um, you look for stuff that fits certain personnel or just fits kind of what how you run your program? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, for us, uh, in all honesty, for the most part, we're running sets to get Bailey and Elise looks, right? Uh, or get somebody else a look because we know that we're putting Elise in a position that's going to pull two and so it's going to get somebody else wide open, right? Uh, and, and the reason being is um, you know, you can get uh, Sophie can find her shot one-on-one, -on -one, right? You know, uh, Sarah Ness can find her shot one-on-one. -on -one. It's a little bit harder to find her shot one-on-two, uh, <laughs> and so we gotta we gotta figure out how to exploit that at times for Bailey and Elise uh, because they are defended a little bit differently. And uh, I think everybody buys into that concept. It's not a oh well, Sophie doesn't have any plays designed for her. Sophie understands how to get her look out of a play that's designed for Elise, uh, and I think that's what makes our players unique is they're 
starting to figure out how to make the reads out of some of those sets, and we saw that this weekend. Um, you know, Sophie made some great reads on some out-of-bounds sets that were technically for Elise. Uh, she made a couple reads and was able to get wide open layups off of it. And that's the thing about sets is, yes, you may be looking for a certain look, but based on what your personnel is, it might open something else wide, up, wide open because they're trying to take away whatever that look is. As your best player and clearly, the, like you talked about, one of the best talents that you've had, where, what's the communication like with you and Elise when it comes to in-game adjustments? Uh, it fluctuates. <laughs> um, there are moments where uh, I am all over her, uh, and we had that at North Central. Um, you know, I was. It, she gets it the hardest sometimes, uh, and then shortly after that, I realized it wasn't working, uh, and I had to grab her and I said, you know, you gotta relax, kid. You know, you're an all-American for a reason, and it's okay. Like you're allowed to have an off day. Um, but you gotta, you gotta stay in it. And uh, she bounced back. Second half was eight of eleven from the field, and still got herself up to twenty six points. You know, uh, so there's moments where it's me telling her the hard things she doesn't want to hear. You know, Saturday she was getting frustrated at different times, and uh, at halftime I, I told her I was like, I don't care how frustrated you are with whatever's going on. You're gonna have to get out of it. And. Uh, I think that helps in terms of her enjoyment of the game too. Um, you know, I get on her pretty hard on the defensive side at times, uh, or the silly turnovers. Uh, she probably gets yelled at more than anybody else in terms of that basketball IQ things. Uh, other people, it's more effort things. For her, it's more uh, decision-making things. Uh, but also with all of our players, it, when we're in the when we're really really locked in. Uh, and I don't know that we got there this weekend, but when we're really, really locked in, they have the ability to give me really good feedback too and tell me what's going to work and where it's going to work, and they're making all of those reads, and it's all of us really, really being on the same page. It, it doesn't happen all the time. Um, <laughs> it doesn't happen every single game, and there's some games where they think that they're, that's what they're doing, but really they're making up some excuses that they just don't quite realize that's what they're doing. Um, but we have such a experienced group that to not take some of that feedback would be foolish on my side uh, because they're seeing the game from somewhere else and so when we're really firing on all cylinders it's everybody's input and it's figuring out uh, okay how do we all become more successful and how do we hold each other accountable when we're not being success successful you touched on it a little bit and I know you can't in terms of recruiting say anything so I won't say any names, but you have a, a very good player on a very good team. There's a high school team that's very good that has a very good player um, that's undefeated. When you have a player like that and you know that the other team's just going to throw everything at them, how much does it help that your team understands the not only the need for that person to get going, but also the need for that person to feel comfortable in a game when they're going to get the kitchen sink thrown at them? Right. Uh... I think, you know, players can look at our program and, and see the different ways that we're able to get Elise touches and see how they can, you know, apply those things to themselves. Uh, I also think that they can see that, um, you know, Elise does a lot, but she doesn't do everything, and she'd be the first one to tell you that. Uh, and so to be able to be a high school player and look at 
uh, a college program and, and see that, oh, wow, these are like pieces to a puzzle. And it, I'm not going to have to carry the whole weight by myself. And yeah, I'm going to have to carry weight, <laughs> but I'm not going to have to carry everything by myself. And it, that's something that a lot of them are looking for, right? And, you know, you guys were here this weekend to, to be able to play in front of the crowds that we pull. Uh, the only other place you really get that is the high school level, uh, it, and that's that's what makes it so enjoyable, right? You're going to play in front of your family and your friends, and I think that's a huge pull for kids, uh, is to be able to compete for championships and to be able to compete in front of big crowds, um, and, and know that you're going to have a coach and, and a program that is bought into you as a person, uh, and bought into helping you get better, and is going to tell you some of those hard truths. Uh, I think. Um, you know, we're tough on kids, and I think that gets around sometimes too, uh, which isn't a bad thing. I want kids to know exactly what they're coming in for and exactly how accountable they're going to get held because then they're not surprised when they're in that situation. Uh, and I think that appeals to certain kids, and to certain kids it doesn't. And uh, it's what makes us unique, um, and it's what's also allowed us to be super successful on and off the court. You know, our team GPA was 371 last year. Uh, Miranda Fox just won the Elite 26 award, which is, and she's got a 4.0. And um, we've got two seniors that already have job offers. Uh, we're out in the community, and so it, it gives you an opportunity to be part of a highly successful program in a lot of different ways. As a coach that looks that has to recruit, how do you recruit for those pieces of the puzzle? Like, obviously, you want the best players in the area or in the state or in the nation but like you said you have to have people that are willing to buy in and understand that okay I'm not going to be an All-American I'm going to be a part of a team that has a chance to make the Final Four or right. how do you look for that in, in recruits because that that can't be easy yeah it's uh, it's different right Miranda Fox was not your uh, kid that stood out in high school but she was very very controlled she was very very tough um, and she came from a, a family that challenged her you know and wanted her to be the best and uh, that's something where you got to get to know kids and you got to get to know them early and uh, you got to figure out where your weaknesses are. You know, we know we got to get better defensively in terms of our younger classes, uh, and so that was something that was really at the forefront of this recruit, this incoming class. Was how do we get better defensively? How do we get better in terms of rebounding? We also knew that was one of our weaknesses uh, in some of those younger classes, and so. Uh, it's figuring out where do you need to get better. It's figuring out how to make those relationships early and see those kids that really fit your style um, and fit your mentality uh, and aren't scared to do some of the dirty work uh, and get excited because I think in today's game, uh, you see a lot of high school kids that um, it, it's, it's not cool to try too hard, right? And uh, here... It's not cool to not try. Um, you know, your teammates are going to chew you up and spit you out if you're not going hard. If you you make a play that doesn't look like you're trying hard, they're going to be all over you. And that's a lot different than high school. You know, uh, people don't want to fail. And if they do fail, they don't want to be, they don't want to have given their full effort. Uh, because that's scary. If you fail and you gave your full effort, that means you just weren't good enough. And uh, that's a risk that most people aren't willing to take and it holds them back. And so we're trying to teach kids how to knock down that door and uh, give it everything you got and then we can learn from that. Um, 
because that's the only way that you're going to get better. And so it's trying to find kids that fit that mentality of giving it everything that they've got. And even if they're not successful right now, if you're giving everything you got, you're going to be successful at something at some point. Postseason, high school and college don't line up great for you in terms of recruiting. Are you able to recruit during the year or do you just kind of have to wait until the summer? Uh, during the year, we, we get out to a lot of high school games. Uh, you know, that's some one of the perks of recruiting locally a little bit more is you're able to get to more games. Um, it, I, during postseason, it's a little bit tougher uh, yeah. just because it doesn't line up very well. And so we have not been out on the road nearly as much since regionals have started. Uh, and some of that is just uh, the the focus that I think this group deserves. Uh, you know, I tell recruits all the time is, um, I want your experience when you're here to be phenomenal. And so uh, I can't shortchange the kids that are here just because of the kids that we potentially want. And I think that's important to not lose sight of that, of making sure that the, the kids that are here get the best experience as much as I want them to help us recruit. I want them to make uh, recruit visits amazing. I'm not going to do it at the expense of their experience while they're here. And uh, that's something that I think recruits that fit our style understand, and they understand that as much as we want them, they haven't decided to come here yet, and they haven't decided to be part of this yet. And so they're still priority number two uh, because they're not already part of this program. Uh, and so it's it's balancing that, and I'm not going to say I always find the right balance for it. Um or that I don't wish there was more hours in the day that I could get out there and, and be recruiting more. But I do think that the the kids that truly fit our program respect that part of it and understand that we're giving them every extra minute that we possibly can. Awesome. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Good Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks to Coach Lett. I really want to have her on again after the season just to simply talk basketball because no one listens to this podcast anyway, and I enjoy picking her brain about basketball and all things hoops. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.